What's up and welcome to Difficulty Class, a podcast about all things Dungeons and Dragons. I'm one of your hosts, Trevor Bettis, and with me this week is... Allie Deitchman. That's right, and also with us this week is... Leandro Onati Lewis now, but everybody calls me Onati. Yeah, that's right. Unati from Three Black Halflings is here, and we're going to be talking about her, the show, and uh, how we can do some diversity in our games. But before we get to that, Unati, how were your games this week? My games this week were sadly cancelled. Oh, no. Well, well postponed to tomorrow. Um, I usually DM for um, two of my friend's kids um, just over the summer because they're um, they're at home. Annoying her. Uh, okay, not, not annoying her. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, they're, they're at home. They love Dungeons and & Dragons. Um, and so, and they've never really played a campaign before because they kind of DM for each other and then, you know, brotherly stuff gets in the way. And so... Um, That's still like, okay, really cool. sweet. Yeah, I'll do it. How, they're so ador- adorable. Hmm? How old are they? I think Dylan is about um, nine or so and Saul is about, like, 13, 14. Okay. They're quite young. Yeah. Now, now I'm starting to wonder if I, if I should try to do that with two of my nephews because I think <laughs> they've been trying to get their mom to play D&D with them for a few months. <laughs> and she's like, I don't know what this is. I don't know. <laughs> um, it's really, it's really, really fun. I mean, um, Dylan is obviously an agent of chaos because he's <laughs> just an agent of chaos. And so is that, is that the 13 year old? No, that's the um the sort of nine year old. He just kind oh, of wants to, uh, and he, and he's playing a swashbuckling rogue, um with the actor yes. feet, and oh, he just wants to like steal everything, um all the time, um trying to stay on a narrative line is quite sort of difficult, but it's fine, it's fine. They sort of challenge me, but I have decided to kind of take them on side quests tomorrow, so they're oh, just nice. gonna just for like a session, they're just gonna get to explore the city. And do whatever they want, oh, no matter how ridiculous it is. <laughs> um, and like, and, and I like, I like a lot of absurdity in 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 session. Um, but like, honestly, some things, some of the things that Baron von Beider tries to do, I'm just like, but that makes no logical sense. <laughs> oh yeah, even, even in a magical world that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's probably one of the things I miss most about DMing at the bookstore is playing with all the kids. They come I up with things I never that. think of. <laughs> I thought about that yesterday while I was painting minis. I was just like, yeah, some of the I, I do miss kind of playing with some of those kids because they came up with some crazy stuff that I just didn't ever expect. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I, I think I think it's largely because, like, I mean, obviously they, I, they do understand concepts like fear and stuff, but I don't think like yeah. adults they're as they're as on edge about fear. Like if if I heard that there was a thirty thousand gold um coin bounty on my head, I would immediately try to hide. But a child is like, I want to get those 30,000 gold coins somehow. And I'm like, oh, this is supposed to make you cautious. I love it. I love it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But that's how Uh, my games have been going this week. Um, They just moved until tomorrow. That's awesome. Yeah. Al, how about you? How how was your games? They were good. Uh, It was the post, like, treasure hoard game where uh, they kind of figured out what to do with the treasure. Um, So, really, that meant four days of reading for the elf because she got a one of the tomes <laughs> oh nice yeah and that was like on her wish list is to get the tome of leadership and so she got that and she was just so psyched about it um and then i also did a pretty neat thing i felt i did a whole like pff, like premonition type thing in a dream sequence for my paladin trying mm-hmm. to like hint about things pretty much it was like uh bertram <laughs> He, he gets this dream vision and he's 
at a lake and everything's in black and white, like as if he's looking at it through dark vision, even though he's a human. And like, he's a kid too in this dream. And all of a sudden blood just covers him, coats him fully. And he's like starting to panic as he starts sinking into the sand of this lake. Jesus. And then that's when a large raven comes in and holding a large rope. And once he grasps onto the rope and gets pulled out of the sand, he wakes up. And in his hand, he's still grasping onto something, but it's a brand new axe. Odin! Yes! <laughs> what the so, heck? Um, I... Because this is this is a player that hasn't gotten anything since like level six. <laughs> oh god, <laughs> like, that's fun magic wise, and like every single time something comes up, he's like, "Nah, I'm good." <laughs> so I'm like, <laughs> I want to give him something really cool and also serve the story. So I gave him a, a Vorpal battle axe. <laughs> so and it's specifically good against undead. So like. <laughs> Because he's all about, he, he's, it's technically the Raven Queen, so he's just like, yeah, no undead. And so, with with the with the the dream and everything, I wanted to show like this is this is a little hint for for maybe where you want to go and what what your God is trying to tell you. And he took it and oh, ran with it. He's like, I gotta know what this means, guys. That's <laughs> awesome. Also, have you seen this axe? <laughs> <laughs> so so that was really cool. Um, but after that, I uh, took my level 16 characters to Fandolin for the first time. Oh, okay. The, the starting zone, <laughs> if it were an MMO. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and they literally went up to the job board. I, I busted out the Dragon of Ice Spire Peak book. And I'm like, yeah, oh. I described everything. Uh, Townmaster Harbin is still terrified because guess what? There's a dragon. Um, however, this dragon is an ancient white dragon and it's got the cult of the dragon there backing him up. <laughs> and so these guys who are like way above their pay grade, they're like, well, look at these job boards. And like, I made a note of saying, yeah, there's a bunch of postings on this job board. However, a lot of them have been like written over seeing, please see town master dragon emergency instead. <laughs> So we left off with them going to investigate one of the gold mines nearby, and uh, they're just now running into Cult of the Dragon, and it's very, very interesting and fun to kind of dive back into like the classic D and D after doing yeah. my own D and D for a while. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Pretty cool. Um, I uh, I had my game last night, and I'm still running Descent into Avernus. You know, you you've read through <gasps> that one, right? I love it. <laughs> so um yeah, keeping very light spoilers for for listeners uh i will just i'll say a character yeah. uh it was yeah. mad maggie's first session <gasps> mad maggie <laughs> and i realized last night or actually this morning how many voices i did last night and i usually <laughs> don't do voices but i had a voice for about five characters oh my god and very for Matt nice. Maggie, I was basically doing an impression of, of uh, Jeremy Crawford's Matt Maggie the whole time, <laughs> to the point that my voice hurt really bad. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, no. You got to take care of yourself. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it, it, was, it, was, it was a lot of fun, and I put a, a little bit of a story twist in there. So uh, Alex's character, Herc, from the very beginning of this, he's now playing that character's brother, a half-brother. And he actually found Herc at Mad Maggie's place, and he has no memory because he fell in the River Styx. <gasps> oh, no. <laughs> and 
I was putting it there. I'm like, oh, this will be a cool little story hook. You're just like, oh, my brother's memory's gone. But Alex like heard that. And he's just like, oh shit. And like he like it hit him. I'm like, oh no, I just wanted to have a fun story hook. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I talked to him later. He's like, no, dude, it, it was fine. Like I'm really interested in it. But like, yeah, it really hit me that it's like, oh yeah, this is so sad that his brother doesn't remember him. And I'm like, yeah, cool. I just you know, just want to make sure it's not too sad because like, hey, we're here to have fun, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I always I always land up doing that to my players as well. I'm like, I'm really really sorry. I didn't mean to make anybody cry. Um, <laughs> just yeah, no, I'm the, just trying to go for like emotional engagement. <laughs> the only player that has ever I've ever had cry at the table was actually Allie. Hi. And I cried not once, end- twice, but three times in one session. <laughs> yeah, it was the end of our Curse of Strahd game. And the first time she cried, she's like, oh, God, did I do that? I feel bad. <laughs> it's the story. Um, he did great work. It's the story. It's okay. I mean, <laughs> I, I mean that's what I kind of live for with, with sort of like any kind of fantasy game or like role-playing games or video games. I started um, Ori and the something of the forest last night. Oh, oh yeah. Damn it. Ori and the Willow of the Wisp. Um, I think that's and, the second um, one. Yeah. yeah that's the second one. Oh, yeah. I can't remember the, the action. I'm not going to bother to Google it, but it's the first one. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm tired. It's 8 PM and I've had a glass of water. <laughs> it's um, fine. It's fine. <laughs> Um, but I, I think within the first two minutes of the setup of the game, I was in tears. I was just in oh. tears. Oh, I, yeah. I was weeping. I was just weeping. I was like, why, why is it, why is it an orphan now? That, that why have you done this to the... me? And now, I... <laughs> and now I have to play it? You mean I have to play this now? And I'm like, I have to get him back to somewhere happier. <laughs> <laughs> that game is the up of video games. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're here to have fun, and it's all colorful. Now you're crying. Uh, <laughs> you are in deep, deep pain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, Ori and the Blind over. Forest. There we go. Ori and oh, the there Blind Forest. Okay, yep. there we go. There we yeah. go. Yeah. Um, let's move over into some broadsheets real quick. We've only got two pieces of news here, but they're pretty awesome. Uh, Larian Studios did a stream this week and revealed that the Baldur's Gate 3 early access date uh, is Hopefully, September 30th. Uh, He has admitted uh, 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 the director and whatnot. I can't remember if he's the director or not. But anywho, he said that uh, they're really gunning for September 30th, but COVID's still a thing. All these things are still going on, so they want to be realistic and say it might miss that date, but this is when you should expect it and where we are going to hold ourselves to. And they showed off a lot of really cool things. Like now you can get a, um, oh God, what are they called? The little brain, the things that run around, intellect devour. You can get an intellect devour companion Aww. and you can pet it by shoving your thumb into it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, the, the amount of things they were talking about in this game, I saw several people go, how is this game ever going to get finished? This is insanity. Jeez. There's so much. They're literally trying to make every av- possible option available to do. It is mind blowing. Wow. Well, that's exciting. Yeah. I'm going to have uh, to get a PC. So here's the thing. So they said that the early access date is coming to PC and Stadia. And I'm like, all right, I could either spend a lot of money on a PC or spend a little money on a thing that's probably going to fail in a few years. Hmm. <laughs> Might go with that second option. Uh. Yeah, potentially, potentially. No, I just, I, I, I mean, I was, I was always sort of raised kind of console. So, um, yep. yeah, same. Uh, I mean, I'm thinking about getting a PC, but it's a lot of money for something it that is. I don't know. I would use more than my consoles. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and yeah. see, I say, like now with my PCs, like it's all like podcasting and stuff now. Like I don't like I I don't look at my PC as a place to play games. I look at it as a place to sit down and record yeah. some yeah. good stuff. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, second piece of news is oh god, uh, Okoria. That that's that looks right. Okoria Stormarrow. Uh, is has been announced for Idol Champions, and this is a new evergreen character uh, that is a support role and takes up slot five. Uh, from what I can understand, this character is w- another original to the Idol Champions game. So this is a D&D character that was made specifically by them for this purpose. It's not in any of the other lore and whatnot, but she looks really freaking cool because she's a dwarf wizard and <gasps> she has uh, she has like a automaton companion. And I'm like, I love everything about you already. Every time. Every time I see a a, a a dwarf character that isn't a barbarian fighter or ranger, I'm instantly enthralled with them. I'm like, you made a dwarf monk? Let's go. Yes. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, dungeon keeping. Uh, so our fundraiser is almost over. We have a week left. Uh, we uh, will tweet out the links again, but we're currently doing a fundraiser where you can buy a t-shirt of difficulty class, either the logo or one of our common sayings of read the table, and it will go towards supporting either color of change or black table artists. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are fully to our goal uh, for color of change, and we are halfway to our goal for black table artists. So if you can and have the ability to it'd be awesome, if you can go grab a shirt, or if you don't want to get a shirt, and you just want to donate directly to them. You can do that through the link as well. Yeah. I will be getting uh, a shirt now that I know. I need more. Oh, thank you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, next up, uh, Allie, why don't you tell us about the next piece of dungeon keeping? Oh, hey. So um, I started an actual play podcast called Roomy Roamers, uh, named <laughs> because we are all roommates and we're roaming through the Sword Coast. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a lot of fun right now. They're in this uh, made up archipelago that I've made uh, called the Silentir Archipelago. And it's so far a lot of fun. I've only gotten one episode up, but they're just now getting introduced to the area and what it's like to be going through the jungle. Um, so that's a lot of fun. Um, have so far a few things recorded. And so right now I'm working on getting them all up, but I would love for you guys to go listen to it. Um, yeah. If, if you're interested in how I DM that, that'd be a good way to, good way to see where I come from. <laughs> it, it is, is really good. And I'm not just saying that because I'm your co-host uh, or, your brother, <laughs> or, or your friend or any other reason. It is legitimately a good show. I'm, biased. <laughs> I'm completely unbiased. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I listened to uh, over half the first episode yesterday, and it's really good because you, you it doesn't have a lot of the lulls that a lot of actual plays have had that I've listened to recently. Uh-huh. You did a really good job of editing those out and all that stuff. So it, it's it my, kept uh, my me little Virgo peeking out, just making sure I got nothing missed <laughs> in editing to a T. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it ran perfectly well. And also Taylor doing her accent the entire time was absolutely adorable oh God, and yeah, I love Taylor's it. <laughs> <laughs> all right lastly before we get into uh our first topic we're gonna give away some champions loot this mm-hmm. is a code that you can put into idle champions on any of the amount of platforms that it is available on and get a gold chest on us that's right it's just a gold chest this time eric jordan is not here to give us a really cool modron <laughs> chest even though we really thank him for that yeah uh, it was fun watching people on reddit freak out about it <laughs> <laughs> someone was just like i used to live for free gold chests now i live for modron chess i love that <laughs> um so that code is w e i r l u f f 
C-H-I-Z. Put that in Isle Champions, get a coat, get a gold chest, get some good loot, and go kick evil's butt and take a screenshot and send to us. We want, we want to see what cool stuff you get. Yeah. All right. The rigmarole is over. Unati, hello. hello. <laughs> I just realized that I'm absolutely terrible at staying quiet and letting people do their own thing. I just oh, no, you throughout all of your announcements. That's fine. <laughs> I want you to do that. It is a conversational podcast. We spend, uh, one time we had a 40-minute news segment because we wouldn't stop talking about it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there was, like, there was one thing in particular there, and I'm not going to say the reason why I can't talk about it because then I'll give away, but now I'm going to give it away even more. But like I'm inside, I'm like, I wish I could talk about this. I wish oh, I could talk about this. Oh. <laughs> but I can't. <laughs> and Legally, I'm not allowed. <laughs> ah. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, you know, first off, thank you very much for being on the show. This was uh, <laughs> from the moment I listened to Three Black Heavens, I'm like I, I love this person. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I need her on the show. She, she's <laughs> great energy. <laughs> Um, so why, why don't you tell people a little bit about yourself? Who, who are you? What have you been doing? What are you up to? Um, I am, so I've, so, okay, cool. I've been playing <laughs> D&D for, I think, about a year now. So I'm a little bit of a baby noob. Um, <laughs> well, mainly because I spent, like, loads of my life working towards becoming an actress for theatre mm-hmm. um, and film and stuff. And then... Um, I came, I moved over to England about five years ago to train at the Royal Central School of Speech and Drama where I met Jasper. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. Um, he was the year above me. So I, I, I came over as a mature student. So I went over when I was 27, graduated when I was 30. And then after mm. that, ever since, I've just been working um, on the London stage, uh, doing pretty well, actually. That's um, awesome. Um, and then COVID-19 came along. I was supposed to be doing a production of Serena de Brogerac with James McAvoy in New York at the <gasps> Brooklyn Academy of Music for a month oh. in a supporting <laughs> lead role. <laughs> oh my God. So furious. I'm oh. furious for you. Oh my God. I was supposed God. to be with Professor X for four oh weeks my of my God. life. <laughs> Sorry, I I, I, I kind of like really love James McAvoy. So I, right I love him as well. Like I oh love God, him as well. <laughs> I love him <laughs> so much. I love him so much. When I got that job, I was like, oh my God, all the things are coming in place. This is amazing. Oh my God. And I think it was about, I think it was about like, obviously like when stuff sort of started like kicking off, I was really looking at the, the, the news quite a lot, like going, when's it going to blow over? And then obviously it didn't blow over, but it's yeah. fine. It's fine. It's fine. I booked the gig. That means something equally lovely will come along. That's yeah. true. Um, yeah. Uh, and so, yes, I'm an actress uh, and been playing D&D for about a year. I'm a big nerdy McNerd face. Um, I have spent the last two weeks in front of my TV playing video games, doing <laughs> D&D podcasts, D&Ding for someone's kids, um, playing D&D every Thursday, every other Saturday, oh planning on Sundays, starting a new campaign potentially for a Friday night because I feel like I've got space, <laughs> and, and then and then working on my homebrew for my own setting um, uh, based on Shaka Zulu and Mzuligazi called them Fetane. Wow. Um, I I, yeah. I I feel like I, I'm a baby now because I was like I I can't DM the second game I've got too much going. On. <laughs> 
it's wild um, like, even though you started only a year ago how quickly it takes over huh dude yeah <laughs> like, it just does like i don't know how this happened like one moment i was like oh i'm playing a little game and then the next moment i was broke um i had <laughs> so many source materials too many dice mm-hmm. um, oh yeah I'm I've a dice just, goblin. Yeah, I've just ordered another set of like 14 dice, 14 dice sets that's arriving in two days. I don't know why nice. I did that. It was, <laughs> it, it was it was 50% off and I was like, I need more dice. Yeah. I, I don't see a problem with this. I, I I'm hearing I, good things. It brings I don't you joy. Need more dice. I, I don't need more dice. I don't have room for the dice I currently have, but it's fine. Um <laughs> Yeah, so that's kind of like a little bit about me. Um, yeah, I mean, I find it weird talking about myself. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, I, I I was on a podcast a while ago where like they were like, "Let's talk to you about you." I'm like, I, "How long are we doing this for?" Because I don't know how long I will go for on that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how long I can sustain this? Yeah. Um. So, uh, yeah, you are on uh Three Black Halflings. Um, yes. Why don't you tell everybody about that show? So Three Black Halflings, I would like to say, it's probably the brainchild of Jasper and Jeremy. Um, uh, they were kind of sort of working on it. Um, I was sort of doing my D&D thing. And if anybody's friends with me on social media, they know that I post um, at the speed of about like three posts a minute. <laughs> <laughs> so there is no point at which you don't know what I'm up to. Um, I mean, outside of like, you know, hygiene and feeding myself, um, there is no point at which you don't know what I'm up to. Um, so I think they just kind of like, because Jasper and I were sort of friends sort of online and we went to college together. Um, yeah, we just kind of find each other and like, oh, you, you like D&D as well. You also have a high charisma stat. What do you want to come and do this thing? So we sort of sat down. Um, recorded two episodes, no, one episode and then two episodes and then it kind of just steamrolled. Um, but I guess what it really came out of was our our sort of need for for sort of diversity in fantasy settings. Mm-hmm. Um, just because for me, it took me a really long time to actually get into fantasy as a genre in general. I think I kind of shied away from it for a while just because every sort of bit of media that I was kind of exposed to um was always so Eurocentric mm-hmm. and so and I was like so very much unwilling to allow like any other voice um so I think it kind of came out of like look like trying to go online and look for like uh, some sort of like fan art or whatever of like um, a black wizard, like um, a black mm-hmm. dwarven monk, like just like just looking for that in general and just not finding it. Um, so we just kind of, and also just like kind of saying we are also a part of the community. Hey, and we and we and we, and we yeah. love it. And like and and we I, we absolutely want to start from the foot of we love it. Um, we just want to help make it better by making it more inclusive. That's all. Yeah, yeah. So that more and, people and... will play. <laughs> And you guys have given some great examples on the show already of ways that you're doing that, like the 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 settings, uh, the okay. characters that you guys have talked about. Um, have even uh, I've been saying just like that is fantastic, and I want to play in that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. But uh. But so uh, Jasper and Jeremy, they contacted you about doing the show, and like you said, it just kind of steamrolled after that did you expect the reaction that you guys got 
Oh. No, and every day I'm still unusually, honestly, genuinely surprised. You got fan art of yourself yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I'm like, I, that was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so maybe this is a thing. Um, <laughs> I thought it was just like another way that I could like live my life, you know, through D and D always. But um, it's a, it's a thing. So um, yeah, it's we weren't expecting this at all. Um, and I think I think it's just indicative of like the people want it. So like mm-hmm. you know, and and there needs to be more of it and more visibility for that. But um, other than that, yeah, it's just been loads of fun to do. Just three idiots talking nonsense. Um, we like we like to call ourselves the three black train wrecks sometimes. Um, <laughs> it takes us like honestly just starting an episode. Thank goodness for editing because we say the dumbest shit. I I would <laughs> I I have legitimately thought about messaging jasper i'm like can you send me one episode unedited i genuinely want to hear this because of the times where like he's been like i'm editing that out and jeremy's like oh i'll do a callback to make sure that stays in like, I love that so much. <laughs> like like we usually record through pretty pretty well we're like where very little editing needs to be done and yeah. so I'm just when he's talking about how much editing is, I'm like, I want to, I want to hear a full episode. <laughs> I need this. <laughs> we really give him such a hard time, especially like, especially Jeremy, because he's an agent of chaos. Like he's just. An agent <laughs> of chaos. I don't even know when this thing about the jewels started. Like it was just one run-on joke that went out of hand, and now there's fan art of it, and I just like, <laughs> like don't. Yeah, I actually had for. <laughs> I actually had forgot about it until uh, until uh, that and the video you guys put out announcing the stuff. You know? Yeah. <laughs> the, the jingling. I was like, she doesn't have it. And then I was like, oh, there was that one time. Okay. <laughs> it was that one time. The thing is, like, it was edited. Honestly, it went on for 10 minutes. And I was just like, what is happening? <laughs> <laughs> um, now, it, I... I I believe I saw you're on another podcast though, right? So you're not, you, you aren't a stranger to podcasting. I'm not a stranger to podcasting. I, I forget what I do on a regular basis. I don't keep a diary. What other podcasts now? Was there an anime one that I saw? Oh yes. Tanamaniacs. Yes, I am on another podcast. <laughs> 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 well, it's, it's all just <laughs> one thing now. Um, no, no, like, no. It's it's okay. I I I'm sorry. Through the curveball at eight at night. I was, was genuinely just... shocked. I was like, "What? Do I do another? What?" <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, I do do another podcast. It's, um, a, a live Twitch stream, and then it goes out on YouTube as well. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, how how long has that one been going on? Um, it's two chefs and Shafar. It's only happening every month. Um, it's hosted on um Foot Culture, which is a friend of mine's brainchild, Tanya Batal she likes to folk uh showcase artists from the north of england um diverse artists um, and creators from the north of england but then she also added this um once a month podcast where we discuss all things anime we're just three weebs just shouting about (laughs) attack on titan for an hour (laughs) it's just essentially it's just me screaming about how amazing levi is and actually it's me screaming that mikasa would take levi in a battle <laughs> just because i love mikasa and i think like given the right kind of motivation mikasa would destroy levi yeah <laughs> just destroy him <laughs> but anyway 
That's just it. <laughs> well, the, the, the reason I brought it was, uh, but I, I didn't know how long I've been going on. So it seems like you, when you get into something, you just dive right into it. You got in D&D a year ago. You, I already took DMing advice from you. <laughs> and you've been playing for a year, and I started in 2011. You said a thing on Three Black Havens. I'm like, oh, that's a really good idea. I'm going to do that next game. And I did. <laughs> and so like now you're, you're getting into podcasting and you're, you're on two shows and, and you're, you're just diving in there. I love that. That's fantastic. Yeah, no, it's, it's good fun. I, I'm, I'm nothing if not like, um, insanely, insanely obsessive. <laughs> <laughs> obsessive. <laughs> it's a helpful uh, treat for, uh, yeah. for hobbies. <laughs> For hobbies, it's for hobbies. You know, no, it's it's good. It's good. I um, I yeah, I I tend to dive into things quite um, like intensely. Uh, this is why I have no friends. <laughs> oh no, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm joking. Well, I, yeah. I I I have I do have a question uh, mm-hmm. uh that is kind of corresponding with all of those. So, like you said, you're you're an actor. Uh, yeah. you've done plays and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, what do you you've you guys have talked about on the show of like things that you've taken from acting and brought to the table. So, like, what are what are some of the things that you find that like kind of, you know, are, are are cross media, I guess, from like acting to DMing to podcasting? I would say, oh, okay, cool. I would say rule number one: play. It's supposed to be fun. Rule number is like supposed to be fun. No one becomes an actor because they don't want it to be fun. I mean, it's- <laughs> <laughs> no one's I mean, acting because they hate it. <laughs> I, I mean, it's not fun. It's uh, it's stressful as all hell. Um, but <laughs> it's really stressful, and you're like, oh my god, I'm an imposter. I can't do this. Me act? I can't act. Why would anyone let me on a stage? Um, but until you're actually on a stage, and it's terrifying, but it's great fun. Um, so play, <laughs> play number one. Number two, there is no right answer. Um, oh, yeah. doesn't exist like there, there is no right answer there's always going to be a thousand ways to do something and they're all correct and personal and unique um, uh, and number three do your research like okay yeah 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 like just do your research if you don't know about th- there's no harm in not directly knowing about something if you want to explore it just give it like a good amount of your time um and and be sensitive to what it is and listen like like listen to other people uh if you're listening you're probably going to find out information or you're going to see how people are reacting to things or if you're at a dm table and there's like tension sort of brewing um out of game at your table like listening and really being attentive will help you pick that stuff up and nip anything in the bud if that begins Mm -hmm. to happen we hope that doesn't happen but if it does you can Mm -hmm. if you're attentive to it you can pick it up really early the, the, um, we we have a saying on the show of read the table. Yeah, the- yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just 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 listen. What else? Um, I mean, for me, just keep all of the notes ever. But that's just because I'm pedantic and neurotic. <laughs> um, I have so many files. It's ridiculous how many files I have. I bought myself another D and D file now because I filled my other file. Oh my gosh! Yeah. I have I a thing. Relate. I have a thing for stationery and cards and printing. Oh, I do and too. I just can't oh, yeah, stop my, doing it. My wife and I have a problem with journals and pens. We 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 get it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and I think I think for now, I think those are like kind of like my sort of gut instinct those, like first ones. Yeah. No, those those are really good. All three of those apply greatly to acting, podcasting, and DMing. Like those yeah, those those three cross over really well. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. The yeah. idea I love the there's no right answer. Because yeah. that 
that can just be applied to so much in D anD D from a player oh, side and a DM side. <laughs> yeah, I mean, especially when you're kind of at, at the table and you're in a tricky situation and like people are beginning to like argue the rules. And if I'm sat, I kind of mm. I've, I've sort of like I've given myself a little timer now, and I'll just st- set it to go. And if we're talking about the rules for longer than a minute and a half, I just go, "I'm DM, I'm God. We're moving on." Like it's I like, like we're that. we're not gonna sit and talk about this forever because the story is just not or whatever. You can set it for three minutes. That's a bit harsh, a minute and a half. But but at some point, <laughs> at some point, you're just gonna have to like follow the rule that DM is king, right? And trust yeah. that I will I will retcon it accordingly. But for the purposes of the session, I'm not going to lose 20 minutes trying to like discuss like somebody's movement through like mildly difficult terrain. Like you're trying to run over an oil slick. I don't care. Or like, I don't know, uh, you picked up two battle axes on your last trip. Can you carry that? I'm not doing encumbrance. I don't, I'm not I'm not working oh, out your God. weight. I'm not. I'm not going to sit down and yeah. work out your weight and how tall you are and whether you can carry this. I don't have time for it. I'm trying to tell a story, not do math. <laughs> I, I like I do like the timer idea. You, you said you said one thirty was harsh. I feel like that's fair. Yeah, no, like yeah. A, I feel like it's a good amount of time. Yeah, so like if you if you have a valid kind of rule thing, it should take you a minute and a half to deal with it. Yeah, like thirty seconds to make your case, thirty seconds for the for the other person to make their case, and thirty seconds to resolve it. If it can't be done in that amount of time, shut up. Yeah. I'm not interested. <laughs> I, I I have definitely been in a game where I did the full on Peter Griffin. Oh my God, who the hell cares? cares. Like, no one cares. <laughs> Nobody cares. <laughs> I certainly don't. Yeah, I certainly mm-hmm. don't. Yeah, no that that is that is really good. Um, well, uh, let's transition over real quick to the DC spotlight. And the DC spotlight is go listen to Three Black Halflings. Literally, yes. turn off this episode right now. Go listen to them. <laughs> Come back when you're done. You can hear. <laughs> you can hear the rest of this once you've listened to uh, all of their episodes. Uh, <laughs> uh, it, yeah, it like like I said before, this is one of those shows that I listened to and immediately fell in love with within a few minutes. Like mm-hmm. it, it went from "Who are these people?" to "I don't I don't know who these people are, but I just want to talk to them." I I love this. This is great, great energy, great conversations. Mm-hmm. um and I, and I also learn stuff so go learn oh, things yeah. that is another yeah. good thing about the, your guys' show yeah I mean you yeah. can 100% learn stuff yeah if you can make it through like the unstoppable laughter um <laughs> if they laughter. listen to this show they're fine <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, there's been several times where I I've had Ali's had to just keep talking because I'm off over here laughing um, <laughs> Uh, but yeah, definitely go listen to Three Black Halflings. Go follow them on Twitter. Um, you guys have a Facebook group and a Reddit now. Well, we've got a Facebook. Right? We've got a Facebook group. We've got. We're gonna. We're going to start setting up our um, Discord soon. Um, okay. I'm in charge of Reddit. Don't oh. Tell. No, I've been bad because I still have to earn karma. Be- because I'm I'm one of those I'm one of those redditors. I just like watch all the reddits. Oh yeah, I, lurkers <laughs> unite away yeah. from each other and in separate houses. Yeah, <laughs> I just like I just go to the content and like read it. Like I'm not there to like comment and stuff and get into flame wars with anyone um, <laughs> or whatever. You know, not that that's all the Reddit community is. Just that yeah. you know, I'm kind of not there for that. I'm just there for like all the cool stuff that's on there. So I've never yeah. earned karma in my life, so now I have to actively do stuff on Reddit. Oh, 
transition. That, that. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're, we're also on Instagram as well. Um, but oh we, yeah, that's right. You guys, you guys have an Instagram, yeah. and you have a Pinterest board that Jasper does, yeah. right? Yeah, we have a Pinterest board. I think that is pinned to our Twitter, and you can see that at all times. We keep adding to it, and and also if you find any uh, kind of diverse um, drawings of D and D characters, um, especially um, POCs, please send them away so we can grow the pool so that people can cool when they're looking for like a reference for their character they can actually find one <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah that's good to know if i yeah. see any of those i will be sure to send them your way yeah as just well, pop but... them over yeah uh but yeah so go go support them it is a fantastic show i guarantee you're gonna mm-hmm. love it um but let's move on to our second topic which uh i i had you not I told you not I'm like oh usually have guests pick it out and uh and so why don't you talk a little bit about what we're going to be discussing here yeah um well uh I figured we'd sort of uh talk since I'm coming from a, a position where our podcast leans towards having discussions about diversity and inclusion <clears throat> just mm-hmm. kind of talking about that but also because I listened to your episode on diversity issues um shortly after the quote unquote resurgence of the Black Lives Matter movement um uh, and sort of like Wizards of the Coast stance, stance on that, which we also discussed on our show as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess what I'm always trying to find ways to advocate for, because, okay, let me, let, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, let's not try and intellectualize this. Let's just actually be really personal about it. So when all of that stuff kind of re-kicked <clears throat> off again, I was furious. There was not a moment in the day. I, it was insane. I would wake, I would wake up, just kind of just open my eyes and like be like okay i'm gonna try and have a calm-ish day today and have a cup of tea and make the mistake of reaching for my cell phone because that's what i do first thing in the morning because i've got to check my emails or blah and the second you open it up it's just a deluge right yeah um and then you're furious again so like you're kind of it's like it's like you know 6 35 and you're fuming like no one's supposed to start their day like that that's insane to me breakfast (laughs) <laughs> yeah, like it's 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 kind of insane and and it's and it's people kind of arguing um against basic human rights yeah. um mm-hmm. and it's people trying to minimize your experience instead of just taking a moment to just listen um and also uh i'm south african so i'm not even from here and i'm an immigrant in the uk so i have a very different experience of my blackness and it was the first time, be having lived in the UK now for five years, it was the first time that I ever realized that I was black. Now, let me like, let me oh. clarify that. I know I'm black. I'm proud to be yeah. black. I know I'm African. I know I'm Kosa and Zulu clan. And I'm proud of all of my heritage, right? But oh, it, was yeah. the, it was the first time I realized that I was black. Like, like I was marginalized and looked at mm. as that black um uh, it, it, it it i mean okay let's not forget that south africa also has a tenuous history of racism so of course yeah so like a very long healthy racist history um uh <laughs> and if, so so of course like i experienced racism but i never felt like that before and i think i bring it down to the fact that i was never in the minority and all of a sudden, I'm in a minority group now because because back home you can come for us, but you won't kill us all because we'll just keep coming. Like <laughs> this is the land of where, of the people. Like yeah. this, is, this is where you are. You're in you're in South Africa. Like there's we're, we're everywhere. Um, mm-hmm. 
so so that was quite that was kind of quite difficult and waking up incredibly incredibly angry and then and then subsequently trying to process all of that I mean to be honest like there was a moment there where I could not I remember my housemates sort of saying oh let's go to the park um for a picnic and I I had to kind of say I cannot see white joy today Mm. I don't necessarily want it to not happen I think it's very important like I, I, I don't take anybody's joy today but I know that in the current mental state that I'm in if I see happy uh unaffected um and not by any fault of their own by the system that we live in right Mm -hmm. if i see that i'm gonna scream i'm gonna scream and it's not gonna be okay so i'm just gonna stay at home for a bit and process all of these feelings Mm -hmm. and then come out and go okay cool i've dealt with it and i think one of the saving graces was just realizing that i could approach finding ways that i could protest positively and not just protest like shift my behavior throughout my life one of them was making sure that all of my at least 80 percent of my sort of like hard-earned pounds were going into black business um uh, another one i mean even down to like the hair piece that i buy now i make sure that it comes from a black owned company mm-hmm. and um uh there's loads of D related stuff there's loads of really cool black D dice makers um yep. so all of the so so more dice that i've been getting have been coming from them um and just kind of making those conscious decisions to just like to sort of decenter not white people but the idea of whiteness yeah yeah um and really kind of shift that for myself so i guess bringing me on to the topic is that how do you continue the fight but in ways that maintain your mental health um because yeah. i mean i i have i i have stamina for protest yeah and then i've also got <laughs> like yeah i can keep going for three yeah. four five six months um but then there's gonna come a point where i'm at a crossroads where i kind of go okay i'm gonna go back to that place where i was like ignoring it now and compartmentalizing it so that i can live or um, I'm going to find ways that I can joyfully and by the virtue of my presence protest, mm-hmm. um, as well as turning up to marches and having really interesting discussions with people, um, as well as I'm ready to throw down. It's fine. We can go to a march. It's not a problem. <laughs> um, but it's not every day that you can go to a march. You know what I mean, mm-hmm. it's yeah. not it's not the rest of your life because I, I because during that period as well, I was just kind of struck because I had this conversation with my mum who used to go to protest when she was my age and yeah. we were having the same discussion oh, and wow. I, and uh, on the same, a day after I had just been on the, to a protest for the same thing she was protesting. Wow. For. The same thing. Yeah. So at some point you've got to find joy, like, and that is also pro- protest. You have to mm-hmm. find joy because this is a long fight. It's a mm-hmm. long battle. Yeah. But yeah, that was the topic. So um, I, I guess like kind of like how after all of that of basically what people can do to bring to their, their games that they yeah. learned from this. Mm. Like, 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 like you said, like the, the months have gone by and instead of going back to ignoring it or anything, it's like, okay, well, what did you learn and what can you take into your game? that is is uh appreciating that and showing that like oh i actually have learned something and i'm doing something differently of course like that's absolutely what we're looking for and 
you know, it can it can seem it can seem like a daunting task, but I don't think it's necessary because because I think there's also a fear about you know trying to bring diversity into your into your sort of games, especially if you're an all white table. Purely mm-hmm. because of like geographically where you're at, <laughs> like the friends you know, yeah. like it's 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 not, it's it's not a deliberate thing. It's 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 an accident of birth, right? Like that's what's happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and you've grew up in this particular space. You made friends with these particular people. Um, uh, so it's. I understand the, I understand the anxiety around trying to to sort of bring it into your games, but I think if if first and foremost you're asking questions you're listening to as much content as you can you're doing your mm-hmm. research and you're being respectful and you're not dealing in stereotypes then we're all good yeah um if those if you can tick those boxes then you're doing a pretty good job and i guess um if if we take recent events in into consideration like this this awesome battle wheelchair um, and, yeah. and, and and like talking about people with you know physical disabilities um uh, correct me if i'm wrong here but i think when it then comes to sort of race issues um because because it seems so taboo we don't even want to discuss it but just take the same thinking that you would have about making a really awesome battle uh wheelchair and apply that to any of your characters regardless of their race like that same philosophy yeah absolutely like one one Mm -hmm. of the things um because you know there there's these terrible freaking people out there that are trying to argue about why a battle wheelchair doesn't work and i'm and and every time there I, is a dragon there is a dragon we're in magic land we're in fantasy world like nothing about that like anytime someone says to me but where's the realism i look at them and go you're in the wrong game like, like what are you playing like go out and, and larp on a no magic zone or something like that and <laughs> foam swords more realism i guess but like i i don't understand this concept of like okay why do we have to have quote unquote realism and even then that is a stretch of the word in these games where like they're like oh well back during these times you know they wouldn't have done that it's like but that's not this isn't earth this isn't our time zone or anything like that and i mean like that argument is totally applied towards other media as well like game of thrones it's like well why isn't there any black characters in game of thrones aside from you know obviously the uh horse like people i forgot the dothraki it's like well uh you know it's not realistic for for non-white people to be over in westeros and i'm like dude there are are dragons dragons. and magic yeah what is realistic uh (laughs) that's something that like um i ran into in the middle of the last decade like uh writing was all of these people in fantasy or like fantasy fans that were just like oh well that's not realistic and i'm like Okay, so here's the thing. You have a fantasy world that you can literally do anything you want with. Hmm. Because that happens, you don't have to have this stuff in there. Like, Hmm. you don't have to have that there is, you know, there were, you know, race wars or anything like that. Because it is what you made. You can do it. You don't have to adhere to some terrible freaking history in your fantasy land. Like, that's, it's fantasy, yeah make it fantasy it's 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 kind of it's kind of in the name and and i guess i honestly don't know where it comes from either it's just 
blatant stupidity (laughs) (laughs) or or it's racism like like those are the two options that it can be because you can't my my best example of this is ariel in the little mermaids now it is a mermaid it is talking under the sea (laughs) it makes a, a deal with an octopus lady who takes its voice, a purple lady, Ursula. <laughs> a purple lady, yeah. <laughs> it goes up to the ocean, it wobbles around, it has a very weird relationship with some dude it's just met. Her hair is always perfect. Her hair is always perfect. <laughs> then a talking lobster <laughs> from the Caribbean, <laughs> I think, begins to sing a lovely tune. To which, er- and, which all the other animals in that area know the lyrics to. But she can't be black because... That blew my mind. Because if you go deep down in the ocean, the rays of the sun don't oh quite God. reach. Therefore, she wouldn't need melanin. Okay, okay. There's a yeah. lot to unpack yeah. there. I'm going to take a nap. That's yeah. <laughs> I'm just gonna take a nap. Like it's just like okay, so oh, you're, yeah. you're okay with the lobster singing. You're fine with that. You can process a singing lobster, but you can't process a mermaid of color. Yeah. Like if they really wanted to go that high off the realism, they should argue that this the human half of the mermaid shouldn't be a thing and it should be just generally an exoskeleton with a see-through organs <laughs> that have bioluminescence so they can see each other exactly. and not even having eyes because by the way there's no light down there as you so mentioned exactly <laughs> and i don't know how you have to argue the whole way Guillermo del toro exactly. presents like, just... the little mermaid just... <laughs> okay. just like just go all the way then just double down like really get stuck in because mm-hmm. otherwise like you said, you're either stupid or <laughs> <laughs> so there's yeah, only no, that... two options. Because I for I, I, I told this story uh, a long time ago, but like I've never had the the inter like conflict between races in my D D world that I've been running since twenty thirteen. Yeah. And I ran a game for someone and they're playing a Dragonborn mm. and they walked into a tavern and he's like, Oh, I, I'm I'm sure I'm getting some weird looks and I go, Why? Why? Are, do you have a clown makeup on? <laughs> and he's like, No, I'm a Dragonborn. I went, and? This is normal here. <laughs> yeah, and he's and he's just like, Well, that would be weird. And I'm like, no. Why there's a dragon is attacking this city. They know they exist. (laughs) (laughs) It's fine. (laughs) They'll probably trust you more because you're not the size of the fucking dragon. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, So like, yeah, that that was like, I I kind of forgot that that was a thing that people did in their games because I was was in this same group for so long where this was the world that we were doing and everything Mm. that I forgot that that was a thing. And that was a weird moment for me of just like, oh, why do people even do that? Uh, A lot of that stems from if you if you read the books, like, yeah, it's really kind of harsh how they take on like non like the three core races of anything other than elves dwarves and humans yeah. it's a weird stance and it goes a sudden shift left well yeah. Nunati, on, on on three black halflings you guys have talked about like the the tolkien effect like how mm-hmm. yeah his inherent racism and in what he wrote there has kind of done this trickle down thing into yeah. fantasy because of that 
Yeah, I think I think it's also because for some unknown reason, like we're quite interested in binaries, right? We need we need we need bad to be bad and good to be good. Otherwise, we don't quite understand it. Um, and and I think um, and I think that goes beyond storytelling. Like we need, you know, even politically, we need bad to to appear as bad and good to appear to appear as good, so that we can sleep at night knowing that our governments spend millions on arms and like blowing mm. up other people, mm-hmm. you know, like in other countries. Like that, it's it's something that we societally kind of psychologically need. Otherwise, yeah. we would all be screaming into the void, um, <laughs> constantly, right? Yeah. Because because there's just so much internal balancing you need to do. Um, but I guess that in terms of trying to, for me anyway, trying to make the world a slightly better place for four hours at a table, I'm not interested in those kinds of binaries. Yeah. Like it 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 has to be challenging. And I think I think again, like that's just what well, for me personally, that's coming from my theater background. I mean you don't go to the, th- oh, hopefully, because sometimes you can go to the theater and go, that's two hours of my life I'm not getting back. <laughs> but you don't go to the theater wanting, I mean, I personally don't go to the theater wanting to go, oh, that was quite entertaining. I want to go to the theater and go like, that literally shook me to my core and absolutely <laughs> changed all my perspectives on everything. Mm-hmm. You know, um, that's that's a sensation I want to have. I want to be talking about it for three weeks after the fact, like <laughs> raving about the thing. Um, and still unpacking new things about it. I, as a matter of fact, I want to go back and watch it a second time at £35 for a ticket. Like, that's how <laughs> I want to feel about it, you know? Um, so I think that, and I, I think that, like, that's how you should walk away from the table as well. I think you should constantly yeah. be challenging. You should be having fun, but they should, but, you know, um, you can't have the dark without the light. One must suffer and live. <laughs> there we go. There's that tagline. So what is so let's say that there is a group that is looking at what they've done in their games and mm-hmm. they are like, oh, this is bad. Like I I'm I the the I the smoke is cleared. I'm now seeing this in that a new light. Sudden self-awareness. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, um, yeah. What what would you say to that person? that they could do to try and work to better that? Well, I mean, I suppose it all depends on context and specific source of situations that, you know, like I said, there's no right answer. Um, yeah. So, however, as a, a guide, and also please don't quote me on this, um, oh, yeah. <laughs> because I, I am literally just making this up as I go along. Um, <laughs> like but, a DM. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, I think a good place to start is not to shy away from it. I think if your table feels like they need like a session 0.2 um, to maybe just even if it is for an hour or a couple of hours, just to like go, we've noticed this thing. It's uncomfortable. No one's talking about it, but how do we fix it? So we don't have to keep doing it and just kind of going every time it happens you know yeah. um like in a, in a kind of safe space because personally for me i think i th- i think growth is the most important thing so if you are actually taking steps to grow and correct things you're on the right path um yes you know it was bad that you that you fell into a trap or you did a thing unconsciously or you know consciously but that's you know that's a different story um mm-hmm. But it's it was bad that you fell into a trap, but the fact that you've acknowledged it and gone, or or it was bad that like you just didn't consider something to be offensive in the first place, right? Like because yeah. that's not in your um your lived experience. 
Um, it's okay. You made a mistake like every other human being on the planet and you are absolutely welcome to rectify it in a safe space, especially at your table. Um, and just like making that really clear to everybody and then sort of like talking out and obviously come prepared. Don't like make it anybody else's responsibility at the table to fix it. Like if it's your, mm -hmm. if it's your transgression as a DM or, um, one of the player characters, or maybe you've let like one of your player characters kind of like go on with something mildly, like really offensive for too long or whatever the case may be, like just, I think trying to find a way that isn't like um, pitchforky to talk to people because I'm much more interested in shifting minds than I am in pointing fingers. Mm -hmm. um, I guess as a, a, a currently, um, I'll, I'll I'll try that with someone for at least three goes, and after that, then I'll be like, okay, cool, you're lost cause. We're gonna send you to an island off the coast of Papua New Guinea and hope. <laughs> um, but I think. Yeah. And then once you've kind of um, pinpointed what the uncomfortable thing is, you can either then at that particular session or whether that's all that happens over the phone, if you want to discuss it in private, um, you can decide one of two things. The first one is just practical. It's just sort of rectify it, retcon it, move on. Mm -hmm. um, just move on. It's fine. And retcon it and it's okay. Move on. Everything's cool. Um, and be very aware of it and, and don't do it again. The other way, which I kind of find a bit more interesting, is resolve it in game. Oh. Like if, yeah, if you can find a way that is not going to pour fuel on the fire and <laughs> right. make things yes. horribly worse. Yes. <laughs> like unimaginably worse. <laughs> um, um, if you can find a way that you could um, address it kind of in game, like um, Again, like one of my younger players, uh, Baron von Feider, like he wanted to play the game in a very much a swashbuckling, kill everything, no consequences kind of situation. Mm. And as opposed there will to like be consequences. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> as as opposed to scolding him out of game, it was just much simpler to kind of let like the giant, like the Goliath barbarian monk just calmly <laughs> speak to him and explain to him what was at stake and why he couldn't just do whatever he wanted to do yeah um, mm -hmm. yeah i mean like we've totally <laughs> basically done that kind of thing and and playing with the kids at the bookstore because like if they do wild things that in real life would have pretty intense consequences like we don't just ignore it at the table for the sake of carrying on we we like say Okay, well, the NPC reacts to that. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. And, like, personally, especially for kids, too, it's a great way to get them, it, like, a great social learning moment for them. Mm. And it's through the safety of a game. <laughs> yeah. That's the thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, and yeah, and, and sort of further to that point, sorry, I think, I think also as adults that we forget that we're just slightly bigger kids. <laughs> we got it into our heads that, like we kind of hit like a certain age i don't know what it is i don't know whether it's like getting your first car or like i don't know or sexual maturity whatever it is that like or facial hair whatever it is in our minds like where we go oh now we're no longer kids and we know everything something happens and we mm -hmm. assume we know all this stuff but like i am constantly re-socializing myself on a uh, oh, socializing yeah. myself on a day-to-day -day basis mm -hmm. I, there is no way that i could possibly hold all of the things in my head at once 
there isn't enough room. I don't have enough neurons, like, I, like neurons. I just can't do it, right? It's physically yeah. impossible. And I don't, there aren't enough hours in the day to like keep all of that in my mind. So you're constantly in a, in a, in a space of learning and shifting and growing. It's just acknowledge that is totally fine and it's okay. And it's fine to have a teachable moment at your table. It's okay. Yeah. I think, I think. <laughs> But but that's just that's just me. I would just do it at the table. <laughs> I, I I I do really like the idea of the session zero point two of getting everyone together and be like, hey, let's be real about this for a moment and have a conversation yeah. about it. Yeah. Um, I I think that that would probably like for like at least with my group, I know like with my group that would probably be the best thing to mm. do if we realized that there was something that was going in the game. They were like, hey, we're not really down with that. Um, I don't know where that came from. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, yeah the, but also, you know, consequences in game is also a fun one. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. like, I, I know I've applied both in my uh, Neverwinter game already. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, there was a moment where someone's backstory was really just, like, as a DM, I've realized it wasn't, vibing is, the, is like the most easiest word to use here, but it wasn't vibing with the entire table. Yeah, Like everyone was uncomfortable by it and they're like, I don't really know about this. And as a DM, I'm like, okay, so out of game, we're going to talk about this for a bit, see how we can adjust things and see if it's okay to change things. And then also I've had moments in game where like characters, especially in the beginning, like what you were saying earlier, Trevor, where it's like they assume how the book was, was how the world was. And I'm like, well, mm -hmm. instead of like pausing and talking about how my world is out of character and just being like, hey guys, as a DM, this is what I do. I'm like, no, let's let's do this in game because this is a character that did come from a small town. They did come from like rural farming town in Illinois, middle of nowhere. And they're now going into the big city. So this is actually a genuine moment in game where they realize things are different in this world. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like I from from someone who has done both those things, I hundred percent would recommend it. And especially looking at your table the i would say the the, the session 0.2 would actually be an easier one especially if you're newer at dming too because it's just like it's it's a it's a good way and like you're saying a safe way to sit down with your friends and your players and just be like we should talk about this it's an uncomfortable topic but this is what's happened yeah yeah, yeah. but uh yeah I, I i definitely think the thing to to the least take away is like listen learn and act yeah, yeah. I, would you say that, that that's that's a good one yeah it is a good one i mean it's just really yeah first of all listen like just stop just stop talking <laughs> like <laughs> nothing you say is gonna dig you out of this hole like <laughs> in fact you're making it's anything it worse like yeah, if it's anything like I've seen on Twitter, it just makes it worse. You you are not digging yourself out. <laughs> it's those moments where you see a response on a Twitter thing, and it's like, it's a bad take, and then there's like one like and eighty five responses. Ooh, yeah, <laughs> and it's like you got to stop, dude. <laughs> yes, don't don't do that. You're just digging a hole. You're just digging mm -hmm. a hole for yourself. Um, yeah, yeah. It's it's not too uh, bad. Like people should just talk it out. It's fine. We're all learning. We're all figuring it out. Mm -hmm. It's okay. Uh, any last thoughts to to cap this off before we move into some listener questions? Hmm. Yeah. Um. I guess just sort of like to cap that off. It's just important to remember that we all have our prejudices. Pre oh, that word prejudices. <laughs> 
Um, and we all have our context in which we grew up in. And there's nothing, there's no harm in acknowledging those, um, understanding that those parts of ourselves might be problematic and difficult and addressing them. And that's it. That's perfect. I love it. Yep. Um, all right, let's go on to one listener question, uh, mm-hmm. which I am a terrible individual and didn't have fully up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I remember it. Uh, so our, uh, our friend of the show and listener Hector Reyes wrote in and uh, basically had a question about uh, DM prepping for Discord. Oh, I've um, got it up if you want me to read it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah go for it. Yeah. All right. So Hector said, sending in a question that I think is super relevant in these times of social distance. How has running games online impacted how you prep for game? Do you find yourself using more digital tools such as OneNote or Google Docs for story notes or has nothing changed at all? He says, thanks for the awesome podcast. <laughs> how about for you, Yunati? Um, I guess I've always kind of been a pen and paper girl. So like in terms of like my own personal notes, I was always going to sit pen and paper anyway because you've got your laptop, your microphone looking at you and, lo- and depending on your kind of desk set up, quite a bit of space to have your notes spread out Mm -hmm. but the the biggest thing for me um has been I do a lot of theater of the mind but I do love to give people maps especially for battle Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. just to orient themselves especially just because like as you know like as a DM you're doing so much during battle that um you know, trying to then also remember where everyone would kind of technically be standing after every turn is just, you know. Um, <laughs> it's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. So I do try and at least mark that up. Um, but again, I, I, I stick with my battle maps and I use little cards of paper and I put their name on it and I highlight them in colors and I go, you're purple. And then I move purple around and I show them on the screen. Oh, uh, so you, you, just, you just hold it up on the screen? Yeah. I hold it up on the screen and I kind of show them. However, I am uh, starting to realize that that only has so much uh, room. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) There are only so many possibilities. Um, So I am looking into more sort of digital maps. I've started like dipping my toe into fantasy grounds, but it is quite complex and I just don't have enough. It's just, it's, it's a whole job in itself. Like it's a part-time job trying to figure that thing out. Mm, Um, Yes. But I mean, I, again, I would only use it for battle maps, really. Yeah. And 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 the one feature because I do I, I play in a friend's game every other Saturday, who uses it, um, and I quite like the um the sort of built in initiative tracker, um. Mm. But I don't know, I, like I I might not necessarily be the right person just because I really just enjoy pen and paper so much in general. Yeah. Um, like I'm a pencil snob and everything, so like it's just. <laughs> I really just like pen and paper so much that I try, I've been keeping to very much of that, but just trying to um, generate as many maps as I can um, in in a digital format, but mm-hmm. just um, using as much pen and paper as possible. Yeah. Pretty much. I, I'm, I'm the same way. Um, I've been running the, the game that I run every Tuesday. Uh, we've always been online. Uh, we started that way because no one lives near each other. And uh, it actually originally started because I wanted to get my uh, my sister into D&D. <laughs> so we started playing it that way. And I've always done it theater of the mind. Um, and the, what I've started doing now with battle mats is I actually take my phone, uh, put it in the Discord call, and I have a little boom hanger that hangs the phone up above the table. And I have the battle mat down there. 
without very clever. It is until <laughs> the battle mat gets so big that uh, someone's like, all right, I'm going to move up to that skeleton. I'm like, okay, hang on. <laughs> all right, okay, cool. All right, uh, so what were you gonna do now that you're over there? Uh, <laughs> so there, there's that that has a little bit of of extra things to it, but it's been really fun. And before COVID, I bought a shitload of stuff for Descent into Avernus, and I still want to use it. Like, yeah. here's a Mad Maggie figure that I painted, and I want them to see it. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. Um, so, but as, but Hector, as far as like digital tools go for me, I really haven't discord is it. I only yeah. use discord. That's as far as I've gone. I've looked into roll 20 and fantasy grounds. I watched a roll 20 tutorial video and I went, that looks like coding. I'm out. Nope. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and fantasy grounds is really cool, but it is also another money sink. And I'm not saying at all that it should be free. Absolutely not. They put a lot of good work into that. I just do not have the funds to be able to do that and then ask my players to also purchase the base. Or no, I don't think they have to. But anyway, it's still Uh, still another money sink besides. Yeah, yeah. you can get the demo version if you just want to be able to like jump onto somebody's server. Yeah. Um, But I mean, it's still like I stupidly run a Mac because I used to work in post production, but I run a Mac, and that became problematic for me. So, like, if you've got people who have different systems, mm-hmm. then it just becomes an issue. Oh, I, I will be honest. Like... If I had the money when I need a new laptop, I'd still be on a Mac. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm uh... changing back. This thing is driving me mental. <laughs> <laughs> um, the only real digital thing that we do, though, is D and D Beyond. All of my players' oh, yeah, characters yeah. are on are on D and D Beyond. Um, I will happily buy books through there so that they can make stuff um because it also makes it really easy if i ever want to do a secret check and i can just go look at their sheets without knowing um <laughs> yeah I mean, like, um, is, is D beyond not just an actual just thing right now i'm just like i think i i think i only ever played one game pen and paper oh like, really actual, oh, like, with, oh with an actual okay, sheet yeah. yeah like everything else has been D beyond and i will never go back to that character sheet ever again <laughs> yeah, um, I, I I talked about this recently. I I made a Pathfinder second edition character and a fifth edition character in the same day. They were the exact same character. Uh, Pathfinder took me three hours, and D and D Beyond took me fifteen minutes, and they were yeah. the same level. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so the the other thing that I'll use D and D Beyond for is monsters uh, occasionally, and I just have them on my phone. Uh, but since I'm branching out into other you know uh, uh third party books i have those next to me so it, really it's about as much as i would do in person um and uh yeah it, i don't think i don't think playing online has to necessarily mean you do more or find new things to do i definitely think you can run a game as you were with a camera and a microphone mm-hmm. yeah ali what about you um i think because i've had to switch over into full digital stuff i've even more so kept to physical things and less digital things because of my abilities on my computer. Mm-hmm. My computer already hates that I'm using Discord in a small room and it's hot. <laughs> and my computer's like, oh, wait, now you want to run a stream? Oh, wait, you want to play a game on Steam too? Yeah. That's uh, You want to play tabletop sim? And, oh, you want to you you stream this yeah. to your friend? <laughs> <laughs> and so my computer is like, no, 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 no. Hang on, slow down. And so because <laughs> of that... I have to rely more and more on like my own 
my own notes that's like on paper and I have to rely on my own dice. I have to rely on the dungeon screen ahead in front of me and I can't like have a Word document up at the same time. Otherwise it just crawls to a like standstill. Mm -hmm. Like if I try to share a picture of something, it takes me a full like three minutes for it to actually happen on my computer. Whereas if I just try to describe it or if I just get the picture on my phone and show it and like I also do this where it's like it's faster for me to just sketch it on a sticky note and show it to the camera as opposed to trying to show it digitally some other way. <laughs> so because of uh, the the power of my laptop or lack thereof, I have <laughs> been even more inclined to stick to my physical mediums. Um, but how do you guys feel about digital dice rollers? Do you still stick with your regular dice? I roll my dice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I think uh, it depends. Like sometimes, because uh, on the D and D Beyond character sheets, I think it was kind of recently where you could start rolling your dice on there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, I probably might do it for combat rolls. I mean, sorry, um, damage rolls rather. That's what I mean. Um, just because then I don't have to like I don't know find sixty eights or some shit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've got sixty eights, but then I don't have to go individually into my tiny little pouch and look for sixty eights. <laughs> um, in like six different pouches so uh yeah um I, i'll sometimes use it for that but i i didn't spend this much on my dice to not <laughs> not to use them <laughs> i i guess you've made me realize that i am a bigger dice whore than i thought i was because i've bought dice on D beyond and i do not use the roller at all <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm j- okay excuse me I'm having a realization that I'm a bit more of a whore than I was um, that is making me question life choices uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh must test them must yeah they put out these really cool ones they're all mystical and then there's the health dice mm-hmm. ones but um but no like i i you know i got this descent into avernus box and it makes the most satisfying sound when you roll a die on it so like i love this and i will always default to that but um i mean sometimes i will go with the uh digital ones if i'm a player and they seem to be treating me nicer than my physical ones because sometimes oh, yeah. they hate me. Yeah, a lot. Yeah. <laughs> That's have... something that um, yeah. Spencer has actually pointed out. He's like, I actually don't like digital rolling my dice like digitally because I feel like I don't have the option to change it up if things are going poorly. Oh <laughs> like that, yeah, that agency you... has been taken away from me, so I can't like say, oh, this one's bad. I need to put it in timeout and roll a different d twenty. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. If if it was all digital, my wife would never have the great moment of picking up a two on a D20 and going, you go in the fuck off pile and chucking it. <laughs> <laughs> you know what was terrible? It landed on a one. It was like it was like oh, no. on the floor just flipping her off. <laughs> she never used that die again. Oh yeah. yeah I got I got um, I got this D20 from Minton Mustard and for some unknown reason, at least 80% of the time it'll be no lower than a 15. Oh, oh. oh and it's like it's 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 just such a nice die and until it yeah. hates me. Until it really hates me, like it'll really scream me sometimes, but I love this one. <laughs> it's my favorite. Well, Hector, I hope something in there helped you out or at least gave you a few ideas yeah. into at least what we're doing. 
Yeah. Uh, but uh, but yeah, if you got any more questions about that, you can go ahead and send them into difficultyclass at gmail.com and we'll be happy to talk about them on the show. Mm-hmm. But we are reaching the end here of our show. Unati, thank you so much for being on this. This has been yeah, a you. fantastic episode, a fantastic chat with you. Uh, why don't you tell listeners where they can find you and what you do? Um, you can find me on Twitter. Um, I think that's at LU Lewis Nyao. Um, uh, Instagram, Luanda Lewis Nyao. Um, those are the places that I'm at. Yeah. (laughs) Those are the places that I'm at. Um, sorry, sorry, like I'm terrible with my, um, (laughs) doing the mental checklist. (laughs) I'm doing the mental checklist of like how many social media things do I have? Um, that's pretty, that's pretty much it. Uh, yeah. You can look for me there. I do some voice stuff. Got some stuff coming out from doc for Dr. Who soon as well in October. I Very saw exciting. that and I lost my mind. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited. Um, I think that was the day I got to sit with Derek Jacobi and Paul McGann. That was lots of fun. That was oh my God. Of, like, the whole day. <laughs> um, <laughs> and also, nerd all day. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and also don't forget to uh, find her on Three Black Halflings with Jeremy and Jasper yes! and have oh, some yes. awesome fun time on there. Yes, there is also this other little podcast thing that I do. <laughs> little, little is a little is a, an interesting word there. Yeah. I think it's it's past little now. Um, yeah, it's past little. But yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, what what day did those episodes go up? Oh gosh, we changed them, but I think it's Monday. Um, Monday. It is Monday. It is Mondays. Every Monday. Mondays. Okay. Mondays. Perfect. Mondays. There's a new episode, and we're going to be trying minisodes, and we've got some really cool interviews coming up. We well, we had one with James Mendes Hodis this Monday that came out, which is really cool. Um, and we've got some stuff coming up with Wagadu Chronicles and things like that. There's going to be loads of fun things. Awesome. Nice. Yeah. We'll keep an eye out for that stuff because they they are going places and and making moves. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for having uh, me. I'll- yeah, absolutely. This is this is a blast. We'd love to have yeah, you on yeah. again if you're up for it. Yeah, yeah, uh, always. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this week's episode. Uh, if you enjoyed it, the best way to support us is by leaving a review on the podcast service of your choice. Uh, five stars would be great. If you lower, uh, maybe just emails. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, if you have your own questions, topics, suggestions, uh, anything like that, you can send it in difficultyclass at gmail.com. And we would love to talk about it either on the show or through email with you. I've been talking with Aaron about Star Wars for the past three days because that's just I've what I've seen happens. those emails. <laughs> <laughs> I may or may not have admitted that I started writing by doing Star Wars fan fiction. Anywho, yep. um, <laughs> you can also keep up to date on the show on Twitter and Instagram, on Twitter at difficultyclass and on Instagram at difficultypodcast, where we occasionally occasionally post things and me posting minis that I paint. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, but yeah, uh, until next week, have a good game.